Uh, welcome to The Future Strategist, and I'm back again with Greg Cochran. But today, rather than talk about COVID, we're going to talk about UFOs and aliens. So, uh, Greg, as I'm sure you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, UFOs. Some of them perhaps might actually be aliens. How seriously do you take that hypothesis? I don't consider it impossible. Um, I don't consider, you know, development of life elsewhere and evolution of intelligent life impossible, although, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of difficulties in those ideas, but I don't see them as impossible. Okay. Do you think, you know, the military has reportedly seen a, a lot of UFOs? Do you think the chance that one or more of them is aliens maybe exceeds 1%? I don't, I don't feel very comfortable with numbers, but something funny's going on. Yes. Uh, something, something, you know, and part of it is the response is different from times in the past. Uh, at this point, the U.S. government is saying, we're seeing lots of stuff. Uh, we're seeing it in, you know, in, in, in several recordable ways, you know, different kinds of observation tools, different sensors. Uh, and we don't know what it is. Okay, so that seems very important. So you're, you have military aircraft, right, that the, the pilots are seeing something weird, and then that's being recorded by radar and being recorded by various camera systems. And it's, it's sometimes it's the same incident. Yes, uh, and those are the ones that in this tiny, short, highly censored report they're talking about is taken most seriously. And it's not unreasonable to say, you know, to have a high standard of evidence and only talk about the ones that pass that high standard. And part of this high standard is, uh, un, you know, recorded data. Uh, and, and, and I guess in most of the cases they're talking about, we're talking about, you know, by eye, by camera, by infrared, and by radar. Okay. And these, the things they're recording are, they're doing things, they're, they're craft that are moving in ways that we couldn't possibly create craft to do, right? So they're accelerating very quickly without sonic booms, without giving off a lot of energy. So the reason to suspect these aren't like Chinese drones is that if China could do this, they, they could just conquer us tomorrow if they really wanted to. And they probably really want to if they could. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe they just that they decided that would just be a can of worms and they'd regret it. But uh, uh, you'd think that if we had stuff with capability, you know, stuff that turns out to be real, that has capabilities that are far beyond what we know how to do, uh, and that are the product of, you know, in terms of rival states, we're probably talking Russia or China, although others are at least possible. Uh, you'd think they'd at least try to get some sort of leverage out of it. Uh, I mean, try to get some sort of practical advantage out of it. And at, uh, at, a, at a minimum, I mean, the commercial applications must be worth tens of trillions of dollars. Maybe. Uh, although, you know, not necessarily. There are specialized things the military finds useful and that nobody else does, uh, at least for a while. I mean, you know, sometimes eventually you find a way to use that more generally. But uh, uh, it, it can, you know, the military can be interested in, pretty specialized things uh, and and be willing to spend a lot of money, which that's always that's more of a consideration for a commercial activity. But, yeah, in the long run, if you develop like if you develop the capability of putting satellites in the orbit 
at least some ways will be found to make commercial money on it, um, usually. Um, but uh, as I said, you know, the thing is qualitatively different is the government never in the past said, yeah, there's something there and we don't understand it. Now, some of the details is that they part of what was happening is whenever you talked about things like this, they would people would explain to you that you were crazy. I think that's one reason for a high standard of evidence, but they managed to get apparently primarily fairly recently people in the Navy willing to talk about it and to give these uh, recordings. Uh, and so most of the cases they're talking about are associated with the Navy, and they're and most of them are quite recent, like since 2019. Okay, so I, I imagine military pilots are, have to continually undergo psychological evaluation, and it's probably being a pilot is probably one of the most desirable jobs to have in the military. So the pilots really don't want to say things that would cause people to question their fitness. So I think what you're saying is that pilots might have been seeing these things, but they're afraid. They were in the past afraid to make too big a deal out of it for fear that someone says, hey, you're losing it or you're on LSD or something. Uh, well, there's something like, you know, I just posted something, something I had posted in my blog quite a while ago, but I just reposted, uh, which is a useful analogy, I think, which is it turns out there's a different kind of lightning that happens very high above the clouds. Um, and this had been predicted from a kind of simple and basic theory as, as in the 1920s. And apparently it was seen pretty often once we had, once flying became more common, particularly in World War II, lots more people are flying. Uh, and for some reason, I don't entirely understand, uh, this was disbelieved by atmospheric scientists and so forth. And that meant that for many years, many, many commercial pilots saw this super high altitude lightning, which could be quite striking. You have things that look vaguely like a, a glowing octopus at 70,000 feet. Uh, um, I mean, th there are words for these. You can look up. They're, they're quite pretty. There are, you can, there's now digital photography of these things. They're called sprites and elves and things of that sort. And they're at least somewhat understood. But officially, they didn't exist for many years. But apparently, they were also frequently seen, particularly by pilots. What happened in the early 90s is someone was doing some experiments that involved some fast, uh, probably fairly high quantum efficiency digital cameras, and I believe in Boulder, Colorado, and they were looking out over the plains, and they recorded some of these. And all of a sudden, it became officially real. It had been unofficially real for maybe about 50 years at that time, but that meant people didn't talk about it. I saw a letter in Sky and Telescope from a pilot saying, well, it's kind of a relief that we can now talk about it without having to worry that we'll fail our exam and not be able to fly anymore. So pilots were seeing this weird upper atmosphere lightning. When they tried to talk about it, they were kind of either silenced or told, you're a little, you're losing it or something. So they just kept it to themselves. But only for about 45 years. Okay. So only for, and, <laughs> and so that's interesting. So that the possibility is that, yeah, they're seeing these, these drones do things that our physics doesn't allow, but they're keeping it to themselves because that's just military culture. Uh, well, it wasn't just military culture. I mean, what I was talking about was also happening with uh, commercial in commercial airlines. They were seeing it too, and they were also not talking about it. Uh, I, I, although some of these things you talk to each other, 
Yeah, I can imagine. But uh, they're, um, uh, but it's an interesting example how, you know, like pressure to pretend something doesn't exist when you see it all the time can make it eventually, essentially complete silence about the subject for 45 years, even though it's seen pretty often by, uh, you know, moderately, you know, fairly successful uh, professional guys. And of course, thousands and thousands of them. And of course, upper atmosphere lightning is just inherently more plausible and less silly sounding than alien. So what I would also (laughs) say that it's an example that you could completely suppress an easily visible fact. And there's not a lot of emotion involved. I mean, there are certain things where you can say people desperately want something not to be true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, let's imagine we were talking about, you know, some of the places where a lot of people were shot shot by Stalin and later buried. For example, uh, the the uh, the Polish officers that they captured in World War II. Right. Uh, there, there would have been a lot of people who didn't want that to come out. Uh, people who were supporting the Soviet state, people who thought it would look bad. Sometimes just people who were Russian patriots who didn't want, who were hoping it wasn't true, things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, and it's sort of easier to understand how you, for a long period, can suppress things that have a lot of strong emotions connected, strong motives. Yeah. But um, but here, it's not clear that there is any strong motive. I mean, it's like suppose you said there is a, such a thing as this odd kind of upper atmosphere lightning. I don't see who's threatened by it. I don't see who's reputed. The only sense in which somebody's reputation would be harmed is if there's somebody who publicly said there isn't. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's no political valence to this that I can think of. No, so it's just there's a bias against seeing things that are weird or reporting that you've seen something that's weird. Perhaps that's it. But uh, what I'm saying is it doesn't take the strongest human motives to make this happen. It can happen almost casually. So there doesn't have to be a vast conspiracy to hide the aliens. It's just what humans do. Oh, you see me, something out of place, well, I'll kind of pretend it wasn't there so people don't think I made a well, mistake. Not always, but yeah, I mean, the point is it's an existence proof that you can get people, including pilots, including military pilots, to pretend that they didn't see something for their entire careers for about two generations. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, as far as I know, uh, it's mostly just interesting. I don't... And it's pretty, actually. When you uh, you the when you have the right sort of cameras, you needed a fast camera because these things uh, only pop up for a you know for a short period. Uh, like if you had film camera, you wouldn't have been able to get a picture. You can see it with your eyes. You can see it with a high quality digital picture, but you couldn't have recorded it with a film camera mm-hmm. because they need more light and uh, or integrated over a longer time to work. Uh, but it's an interesting example. I mean, you know, there are other things that we know that are like that, where, for example, there's a misunderstanding, say, in medicine, and it takes a long time to correct it. Uh, I have mentioned uh, that uh, when we started using antibiotics for many purposes, in many cases we were curing somebody's ulcers, which turned out to be caused by a certain bacterium. Uh, and it was my guess that, you know, how many doctors in the course of treating people for perhaps pneumonia or some other disease uh, – accidentally cured somebody with uh, serious uh, duodenal ulcers. And I would guess that almost all the doctors in the world had this happen. You know, since for years, antibiotics were very widely used before people finally realized, oh, by the way, uh, uh, 
we, this is also a tool that can be used to cure ulcers. Um, but apparently having it happen, let's say once, you know, a few times a year for every doctor in the world was not enough for more. By the way, a few did notice it, but not very many. Yeah, that's interesting because normally the UFO skeptics are claiming we see false patterns when, when you know, they're not really there. But it's also probably, true that when there are patterns, mean, when I there mean, are patterns, we miss them. Uh, uh, well, part of it is they have been taught something different in school. And again, I don't think that – I mean, the only people who were threatened by the idea that this causes ulcers – I mean, if somebody has written a professional article saying it's something else, I guess in a sense he's threatened, okay? Right. Or if you were uh, involved in gastrointestinal surgery, uh, if this was understood and then much of it cured, you'd have less work. But, you know, those are tiny fractions of society that have anything to gain from this. Well, there are much larger people who actually quite directly would say, gee, my stomach will feel better. Maybe I won't get a perforated ulcer and bleed. You know, there's a lot of people who would, who would gain from yeah. uh, understanding. But it, it didn't happen. By the way, it actually did happen occasionally, and then people would discover this, and then it would get lost and ignored. That I know of, that probably happened at least – I know of at least five or six times this happened. Okay. Uh, it was discovered and then undiscovered. It's interesting. But, I mean, returning to UFOs, some other explanations are could this just be like gas that's moving very quickly? Against the wind? No. I mean, gas doesn't have a radar profile. No. Um could it be a, like a weather or sort of balloons and they're misjudging acceleration? Well, they're doing a pretty seriously bad job of it. And in a lot of these, see, in a lot of these cases, at least from what we're hearing, I mean, maybe it's all part of an elaborate hoax, but from what we're hearing, they see a bunch of them for days, like seeing them almost every day. They were talking about a particular, uh, you know, a, a, a carrier task force was doing training off uh, – 100 miles off San Diego, they talked about seeing these things were around, flying around like 15 of them all the time for for, for days. And Okay, and they weren't just Chinese drones. I mean, you have to imagine China and Russia try to have drones around our aircraft carriers to spy on them. But these are doing things drones can't do? At least um, From everything we I hear, yes. Although, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they've all fucked this up in a totally creative way. Uh, but you know, these people have, you know, they're willing to at least give their names and testify. I mean, we've had people talk on 60 Minutes. Yeah. We've had, there are podcasts. Uh, you know, there are repeated accounts, not just in one place. Uh, now, this stuff, we're mostly hearing from the Navy, but as far as I can tell, it's also the Navy that sort of first went ahead and said it's okay to talk about it and has been, you know, and has been trying to gather some information. I I do not yet think that shows that whatever's happening is only interested in the Navy. My suspicion is fairly similar things are happening with the Air Force and other things, but they haven't – I mean, according to this report, they're in the process of developing similar data-gathering procedures in the Air Force and also at the FAA. Do you know by how how much the these craft seem to exceed what we could do? Like, what does a normal drone do in terms of acceleration? What do these do? Well, I don't know the exact specs of the best drones, but I don't – I mean, I've heard people say, again, like this Elizondo character who was running this uh, group inside the Pentagon and started looking at this, mm -hmm. he was talking about, you know, 900G turns. 
I don't think you can uh, do that with drones. You can you can do more acceleration than uh, than people can tolerate. People can only top, tolerate up to about eight or nine Gs, uh, and in fact, that's an advantage. If you built a drone that was much like a regular fighter plane, but there was nobody in it, it has a lot of advantages. It can make a tighter turn. Uh, uh, it may, you may think of it as more expendable. It won't generate any prisoners. Uh, uh, you don't have to have a lot of complicated stuff to protect the pilot, like ejection seats and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at uh, uh, any rate, uh, they talk about it doing things that sound ridiculous, like they just casually fly down into the water and keep moving and then emerge somewhere. No, wait, why Why can't that be? Why water can't is it... solid. You hit water, you're going to go whop, you stop. Water is dense. I mean, if you fly an airplane, you hit the water, you'll stop. I mean, you might penetrate a little bit. I mean, bullets don't go very far in water. Bullets maybe go six feet in water. Okay. I mean, people dive in water, so it doesn't... But you mean Yeah, but they they slow... You slow down very rapidly. Okay, so if you go at really high speeds into water, you should be treating the water like cement or something? Well, for example, when somebody jumps off a bridge, and let's suppose the bridge is pretty high, like the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, uh, you hit at you know, let's say reasonably close to human terminal velocity in the air, which is, you know, something like 200 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like you hit the pavement, uh, and then it breaks every bone in your body, and it all, usually kills you because you stop. Okay, so if these crafts... High re- acceleration. If they're really going into the water at high velocities, they must have something to protect them that we can't imagine. I have no idea what that would be. Uh, uh uh, by the way, there are also mentions of, look, you know, you know they talked about a, something like, what was it, over 100 incidents since 2019. But there are others that they have mentioned. There were ones involving uh, mostly carrier and uh, air, Navy activity on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there, uh, and there have been mentions, although not in this report, but by, you know, Pentagon people who were involved in this of, other things just mentions that there were Air Force things, and that there were also things seen by um, uh, reconnaissance satellites. Are they coordinated? I mean, you'd you'd think they would say when they see some incidents of it, they'd have the satellites immediately turn to look, and they get all the sensors they could uh, on the objects. One of the things that gets in the way of all of this is the way you know the instruments by which we get some of this information. Their performance, their abilities and stuff are, you know, pretty highly classified, although sometimes that's kind of a joke because, for example, if you know the size of the aperture of a uh, of a recon satellite, you know, how big the opening is, mm-hmm. and you know that it's looking in visible light, and you know how high it is, you know almost exactly how fine a detail it could see just from that. Okay, so optics is a well-known science and you can figure out things from it yep it's easy i mean it's a one-liner okay Uh, but uh uh but they still like to keep things secret i mean some of it is i mean look i mean at some point even some of the people you're interested in looking at may not be very scientifically sophisticated they may they may not you know there are blanks that an educated person could fill in but maybe they can't fill them (laughs) in i mean you know there's if you're looking at somebody in Afghanistan, he may not have he may not have an optics text to look at. I okay, mean, that makes sense. So the, the the people in Afghanistan might not realize the detail we could 
spy on them with, and we don't uh, want them to know. Uh, well, there's no, or rather, there's no point in going out of your way. I mean, if they ever walked into a library, they could find out in five minutes right. if they knew the right book to look at. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, there are certainly times that people have classified things because nobody told them not to or because because they just like keeping things secret or because something was an embarrassing failure. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons for classifications. There are good reasons. There are bad reasons. There are boring I, bureaucratic reasons. I remember I was an intern in the Department of Commerce a long time ago, and I would be alone in the room with classified documents, and I would point this out to the people I work for, and they're like, you don't understand. There's nothing in there. There's there's nothing of value in these classified documents. This is not a risk to the U.S. government that you could look at these if you wanted to. I, I mean, let's imagine we just somehow knew this. There weren't aliens. It was a boring explanation. What are the possible boring explanations of these? I can't really think of one off the top of my head. That doesn't mean there isn't a way. I mean, you know, it's a it's a big universe. But, you know, can I think of something that makes kind of sense to me that happens in a bunch of different physical locations that's visible you know, and recorded by you know by both eyes and cameras and infrared uh, uh, cameras and radar. Uh, no, I don't know how to do it. But you know, I can't say for sure. There's no way. I I can't see it. And, uh, um, this there's it, military culture wouldn't allow this to be a joke. They're playing on the rest of us. I mean, this is a fun thing no, to do to convince people. The, the military they've done some good things and they've done some bad things. But it's really hard to think of the last time they ever showed a sense of humor. Right. I mean, I guess that could change, too. But, uh, uh, I mean, I could think of individuals in the military who have shown a sense of humor. There used to be something, I don't think we quite have it anymore, but it was called the Dew Line, Distant Early Warning. It was a bunch of radars uh, that could pick up bombers coming over the North Pole. So we mm -hmm. had a bunch of fairly isolated stations up in Canada, and there were people would be assigned to theirs for extended periods, and it was actually kind of boring. Yeah. I read of a guy who had a bulldozer at one of those things, and he was in an area where there was, uh, uh, you know, basically it was a lichen, and if you disturbed it, it would take, you know, years for it to grow back. So if you went out with a bulldozer and made a bunch of letters that could be seen from almost from space, they would endure for many decades. <laughs> and that's what this guy did. Um, and then he hopefully – he was uh, allowed to leave the armed forces without being sent to prison. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I, you know, not, uh, you know, do I hear about a lot of humor in these things? I've never heard of any really, but, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, you got to admit that there uh, are they. So who would that have to be? I said, well, it would involve guys. And, uh, you know, this was released from DNI, which is the intelligence director. I presume that some of the other intelligence agencies just looked at it, at least looked at it, but I don't know that. I don't know the details of who looked at it. But, you know, reasonable people would be surely defense, DNI, defense intelligence, mm -hmm. maybe the CIA, although, you know, I have limited faith. In, I have limited faith in almost everybody, but real limited faith in the CIA. Uh, but uh, uh, you'd think other people looked at it if they're going to release it. Um, but I, you know, it's primarily... Uh, inside the Pentagon, and at this point, mostly the Navy, but not. Uh, but of course, you know the way it started was uh, Harry Reid said, "I'm I'm I'm the Senate Majority Leader." A few years back, and I said, "I want you to look at it," and he managed to 
get a little bit of money spent on this. Right, not, right. Not very much. Uh, and they didn't want to do it, and they don't want to talk about it, but I think they're changing some. And I think, you know, one of the things when, like, uh, you know, for example, like when you had uh, when you had those pilots who were seeing odd lights mm -hmm. uh, high in the atmosphere, now they probably – a fair number of them knew that other people were seeing it because I got the impression that pilots would talk to each other over a beer and mention this occasionally. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I don't think it was in the same category as saying that, uh, you know, it wasn't like saying you were Napoleon or something. I don't think that they would immediately, your friends would try to have you arrested if you talked about it, at least particularly because I think it was pretty common. So sometimes experiences like this are kind of shared. Uh, other, but but sometimes if they're not shared very much, it can be hard for people to realize how common they are. So, for example, I was mentioning, uh, you know, that uh, when they shot those Polish officers, yeah, the, there were people near that area, Katyn Forest, who pretty well knew something had happened. You know, they'd heard shooting, they knew something. I mean, some people in the name, but what those people didn't know is there were many many places in the Soviet Union with stories like that. In a lot of the cases. Local people knew something had happened. Sometimes they knew a fair amount, mm -hmm. but it was. But under Gorbachev, they got. It became clear that this had happened in many places. So one interest, which by the way did the did the uh, prestige of the Soviet Union and confidence in it, no good at all. Uh, but uh, here, like if we had somebody who saw something in let's say 1985 and knew and and basically talked to almost nobody about it, he may not have realized that, you know, perhaps a lot of other people were seeing similar things. Now, now, since the number of sightings they're talking about is well over 100, yeah. uh, you know, you see a bigger picture when you start, when it starts being possible to talk about it. And if they stick to a thing saying we have to have recordings in several different spectra, several different methods, uh, again, that's a reasonably high bar. That'll exclude somebody who was just drunk coming home. This is like, that. you know, the logic of people not talking about something is similar to like the behind the, the Me Too movement where someone sexually harasses 20 people and each one thinks it was just me. And if I say something, it's me against him and he's well known and I'm not. But of course, once they find each other, they're like, hey, now people will definitely believe us if we all come forward. Yeah, it's a little like, I mean, there's a number of things like that where, you know, if if there's some reason for people not to talk, uh, it's, you know, it's just a bunch of, you know, you against the world or against the strangeness as opposed to, oh, yeah, lots of people know about that. Yeah, it, it's a little like that. There are other examples you could think mm -hmm. of. Uh, uh, as I said, uh, uh, it's – go ahead. Yeah, I know you guys think of this is, is that – I mean, it's really important for military pilots to be able to, you know, identify objects and, and to know the speed they're going at to figure out what's weather balloons or not. I mean, you know, I'm sure if China were to invade Taiwan, they would really like to release weather balloons and have our planes not be able to figure out what's what. So we must can, be putting a you, massive amount of effort can, into that kind get, of thing. You get Doppler information from radar. You can tell how fast things. Yeah, are I mean, going. this is something we must be taking. Very, we must be taking very seriously since. You know, the, the, oh, the well, one thing that... one thing I was saying in terms of the the ultimate performance, you know, there are better pictures that they what I was my point was there are better pictures. Almost certainly there are better pictures that they're reluctant to release 
maybe not so much because of what they show, although who knows, maybe they maybe they do show something even stranger. But mm-hmm. but the one thing the other show is the capabilities of these uh, more sophisticated of these other sensors. Okay, so, so if you showed you showed the picture and the Chinese would be like, oh look, the Americans can observe this way and I mean if you used pictures from a recon satellite, the Chinese would say, oh gee, Americans can get nearly diffraction diffraction limited imaging of the ground just like everyone else can, mm-hmm. um, and and they show the resolutions that are proportional to the size of their of their aperture of their telescope just like ours, just like everybody else's. But, I mean, the Chinese wouldn't be surprised by it, but, you know, who knows, maybe somebody would be. But there could be other things that are less obvious that we don't want to tell. Okay. Uh, I mean, I could speculate about it, but I won't. There. And, of course, Uh, this could go both ways. It could be the better information would go to disprove these, and it could be part of the military or, like, Hey, we know what's going on, but we can't reveal that because we've got this new quantum observation technology that we're keeping secret. When we use that, it shows what it really is, but we're not going to tell anyone that. So please just shut up about it, but we're not going to tell you why we want you to shut up. But about they're not it. asking people to shut up about it. Well, they were for a very long time. True. Um, and, you know, maybe they had uh, – I mean, I, like one of the things to remember is uh, – you know, for a lot of policies, like, you know, what was the reason we had to shut up people about upper atmospheric lightning? There wasn't any reason at all. Yeah. Uh, or what was the reason that, uh, as I said, that doctors were slow to notice what was going on with ulcers? I said, well, they just were. I mean, there was nobody. I mean, look, at one or two points, there were pharmaceutical companies that probably didn't show wild enthusiasm. Uh, for example, there were... Uh, Drugs that reduce the amount of acid in the stomach, like mm-hmm. Tagamet, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a friend who was once working for a company that was supported by, I think, the, somebody who was making one of these acid inhibitors, you know, a big pharmaceutical company. <laughs> and, when, and when this information started coming out about ulcers being caused by uh, a germ, see, that was bad, ultimately bad for them because it meant – there was a better way and you didn't really need to buy their drug anymore. Yeah. Which was extremely profitable at the time. Okay. So when they were talking about this, when he was at that company, other people would say, well, I mean, probably ulcers in Europe are caused by bacteria, <laughs> but, but real ulcers in the United States are caused by stress. And therefore people will keep buying our incredibly profitable product. Uh, uh, you know, lots of people invent a story that has a happy ending tailored yeah. to, I mean, sometimes the particular company they're working at or so forth. I mean, I've seen people do it. Uh, uh, yeah. Now, what I don't get is you, you would think that if there are these craft, you know, buzzing around military aircraft and aircraft carrier, uh, this would be like the most important thing in the world. And they you, would mean, be- you mean it would be important in the same way that people welding do- – or even more so, more important than the Chinese government welding doors shut in Wuhan. Okay, that's a good point, but I mean, you. I will say the extrapolation be... is was simpler for coronavirus than it is for this. Here, I mean, there's many, many possibilities. Uh, there were, I mean, with an epidemic, there were fewer. But mm-hmm. even when they are, they're quite clear. You know, that doesn't mean people see it. But uh, but 
for an aircraft carrier, I mean, having things they can't identify or stop flying around it, that that kind of gets at its critical mission and sort of there, threatens there are, the lives of people on the carrier. I get the strong impression. Well, by the way, I don't think they've done anything explicitly threatening, and I strongly suspect that we haven't either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've gone out and tried to look at things and chase them some. But, for example, you know, we have tactical missiles. We can fire at things. And although, you know, in Hollywood, whenever we have a story and we run into incredibly advanced beings, our first impulse is to grab them and dissect them. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that we're and – and I believe that we would probably try to be cautious. I wonder, uh, is there – Not a, try to start a fight. Is there an official policy where if a drone comes at you at – I, I don't know, like Mach 4 or something, you can fire at it because it's Chinese. But if it's Mach 80, you got to leave it alone because it could be aliens that could just blow up your ship. Well, I mean, considering it, you probably couldn't do anything about it, it would be harder to be effective against something at Mach 80. If, uh, you know, there might be. I don't know. But, oh, wait, we're developing laser weapons, aren't we? Maybe that's why. Uh, laser weapons are fast enough to keep up with pretty much anything. Uh, yeah. Although, uh, but... Uh, like, you know, the U.S. military has moments which they do very clever things. It has moments in which they've done, which they can be remarkably dense. Uh, uh, I would say that uh, my suspicion is that if these guys were worried at all about somebody with – I mean, look, even if they thought it might be China or Russia, um, now, if they knew for sure it was drones, yeah, they might be willing to shoot them down, okay, as long as there was nobody on board, Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, as long as it's not plausibly considered anything like an act of war, you know, we might we might do it. But if we thought there were, or if we simply it was in a category where we didn't know what the hell was going on, I think we'd be sort of cautious about it. Uh, I think we'd do a lot of things to try to learn. But I mean, I'm projecting. I'm imagining these guys are not totally crazy, and they're not. Uh, but I mean, you know. Can we have guys in high military office who are the sort of thing, people who make the sort of mistakes that say, like, we all decided not to believe X and that made it go away? Yeah, that sort of – they're not immune to that. I mean, there are individuals that are have in history that have been fairly immune to it, but is that true of, of something in uh, – like, all right, how many generals independently figured out that there was no weapons of mass destruction – before we went in, that there was no weapons of mass destruction program – in Iraq, uh, I don't actually know of any. I know that most of the guys who were actually, you know, commanding forces expected to see something. Mm-hmm. That's because they don't know that much about this kind of stuff. They're not, you know, real intelligent. You know, a part of it is they, you know, there's a, a funny thing that people in an army or something, some of them believe in the system. You know, nobody should believe in the system. Well, not rather not wholly believe in it. Okay. Uh, you shouldn't believe that these people always know what they're doing. On the other hand, you shouldn't also you shouldn't believe they never know what they're doing. You know, sometimes they really do. Uh, but uh, but I, I think, that, you know, if you were a, if you were a totally if you were skeptic to exactly the right degree, I think it would be harder to become a two or three star general. They they wouldn't like your attitude. Yeah, but just I mean, protecting the airspace around an aircraft carrier that's really one of the top priorities of the Navy, I have to imagine. I think so, and I think there are people who are concerned about it, but it's also true that let's suppose this has happened repeatedly. After a while, it's going to seem a little less threatening if nothing happens. I mean, I mean, if, we, if, if you had 
I mean, apparently these things have been going on for some years, fairly commonly, and they probably don't actually expect to suddenly be vaporized because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, you know, that's human nature, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll bet that the pilots are most bothered the first day they see it. I mean, I would, right? Or maybe the second day, because then you're sure it's real. Yeah. Something like that. But, uh, or at least you're sure that you really saw it. I mean, what is real? Uh, but, uh, so I wonder if we were to talk to a bunch of Navy aviators and say, hey, how common is the, is, are these things? Is, do all you pilots know about these? And would you think they would say, yeah, this is just something we deal with and no one knows what's going on? When they had those, I looked at those 60-minute interviews, mm-hmm. and they said they were seeing it like virtually every day. But I don't know if that's true for every aircraft carrier, though I know it's true for more than one, because I know they were hearing it on exercises in areas off Virginia as well as areas off uh, uh, San Diego. Uh, but you know, maybe there's certain aircraft carriers they never visit. You know, I, for one, would feel insulted. You know, if if the aliens weren't interested in my ship. Uh, yeah. I mean, and there are other things that I simply don't know the answer. Uh, I mean, you know, the Navy has bases on land. Do they see this there? I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, they when they they said like what was it, 140 incidents, but they didn't give a lot of details. They gave details of just a few, and some of those have come through other paths. Like, you know, they've declassified some uh, uh, some footage. There's been some interviews. With people who did this, and they're you know they're allowed to have those interviews now with some uh, Navy pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I don't have a good picture of how far this, how it's distributed. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe it's in many places. Uh, I mean, does it happen to other countries? Like you know, I could imagine. I mean, and you know, this is purely speculation. I mean, one thing about an aircraft carrier group is those are nuclear aircraft carriers. Could that make them more interesting than something that was, you know, burnt, running a, you know, a turbine or a diesel engine or something? I said, I mean, there's a sense in which it's, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a higher technology. Could it make it be more interesting? I don't know. I'm just saying, all you know, the, all, all of our aircraft carriers are nuclear powered, mm-hmm. so, uh, and some of the other ships, uh, but like. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen this stuff near a submarine base. I just haven't heard one way or the other. I do know that uh, I don't give the impression that, you know, that I know that there are other things that are not just in the last two years that are referenced by these people. Again, they're talking about the East Coast things. The ones that they went in any detail where they interviewed the people later on mm-hmm. 60 Minutes, those were like 2014, I think. I mean, you think about if. If there have been, you know, thousands of visits of our military uh, equipment of aircraft carriers and that information hasn't really gotten out, that's sort of a, a civilization level fail. I mean, it, it could be. A t- well, but one of the points I was making with that post is uh, uh, there is uh, this happens. Yeah. But I mean, with upper operators, if you get that wrong, I mean, it's not that big a deal, but getting it wrong about aliens. It happens with other things, too. Yeah. But we can't even talk about some of them, so there. Uh, but if you go back and uh, – it is usually safe to talk about cases of this where it has been uh, straightened out, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are certainly um, plenty of cases in which people said, well, X won't happen. Often that's strongly shaped by people not wanting it to happen. 
Right. Uh, uh, I mean, sometimes it's really strange. I mean, all right, here's one example. I know a fair amount about it. Uh, the Germans were planning to attack the Soviet Union in the early summer of 1941. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Russians hurt. I mean, and it's this one is it's it's a little less of a sneak attack. Rather, it's harder to make sneaky than Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor involved a bunch of ships going across essentially empty parts of the Pacific back right. in the days when there were no spy satellites, etc. You could sneak up on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, aircraft carrier maybe goes 30 knots. You could, you know, from the day before, you might be 600 miles away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, you know, when you have like three and a half million German troops along the border, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of hard not to notice. And also, you know, there were some communists in Germany. Uh, there were communists in the German army, some. Some of them managed to get reports out. The, the, the Russians had various kinds of spy agencies. They got some information. The British got information, and they told the Russians. The Americans heard and told the Russians. Uh, I've heard that Stalin got as many as warnings from 20 different sources, sometimes saying the day and the hour. Yeah. And also, in the last two weeks before, the Germans were doing overflights deep into, like, 200 miles into Russia, making, doing photo recon, trying to see where exactly where all their targets were. They mm-hmm. were starting to sneak in uh, guys who would do sabotage and cut phone lines and stuff, and the Russians caught a few of them. I mean, the only thing the Germans didn't do was, you know, hire, a, you know, a, a, the only thing they didn't do was skywriting. <laughs> Saying, we're coming for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it got, you know, there were some Polish women, like, you know, they they divided Poland. Right. Usually the demarcation was along some river. Yeah. There was an incident in which there were some Polish women who were working for the Germans, uh, basically washing clothes, and they came down to the river. This is one week before the attack, and they're calling across. You know, you can, you know, there are Russians and Poles who, if they work a little at it, can understand each other, at least for simple things. I mean, they may know. I mean, the languages are close, and some of them know the other language a bit. Mm-hmm. And these women were saying, "Ruskies, Ruskies, they're coming for you next week." You know, which is <laughs> kind of a subtle. Who would know what that meant? Uh, uh, but uh, but Stalin didn't believe it. Yeah, of course, that was just one. I mean, lots of Russians did believe it. This is more than just one person. I mean, there's been lots of presidents. True, since this has happened. True. There's I mean, lots of generals and secretaries of state. Well, there, we can always assume that we have a secret ruler we don't know about, and he's the one, you know, he probably died a couple of years ago, and so now new things are possible. Uh, I don't uh, actually have much reason to believe that, but it, you got to admit it's a fun idea. Anyway, yeah, it was different. Uh, the Russian, you know, Stalin was very much the, you know, he could shift the whole country in a way that, you know, generally you can't uh, in a country like this. Uh, but... Uh, but there's plenty of, I mean, there's plenty of things where everybody got together and believed things that were genuinely silly. I mean, and that could be, you know, easily checked. Like, there are people who have mental problems. How many of them got cured by, say, Freudian analysis? I said, as far as I can tell, nobody, right? Uh, uh, but, you know, Freudian analysis was was silly. Right. Although that's but, tougher because there probably are people who got better while undergoing Freudian analysis. So, well, let me ask that. The other, I mean, since you know a bit about optics, would it be possible to say put a big telescope on a on a ship near an aircraft carrier, you know, not using secret technology, and then if they see someone, we you zoom in on the 
the craft and film it well, and then see more details. Yeah, but yeah. they've got those. Those are some of the they've got things that could give you better pictures than the one you saw. Okay? But apparently they don't want to release those. Again, the simplest reason is because they never release them. Uh, things that have too high a performance. But you know, conceivably it could be say, oh, you can see the barcodes on them that say they were, you know, built by somebody's science project. By the way, I'd be mightily impressed by the yeah. kid with that science project. Uh, uh, but, anyhow, I think as far as I can tell, what's going and, um, uh, you know, there was a classified version, which hopefully is thicker, which would have been released to Congress. Now, the number of people in Congress who could do anything useful with something like this is, I don't know what, four, six, one. Right. I mean, they're very, like, all right, how many people in Congress would I trust to understand uh, how important a certain like like there are capabilities that if you saw them you'd say hey I could see we might be able to do that in two or three years yeah I could believe maybe maybe somebody got ahead of us on that and there's other things depending on how well you understood the technology and the physics you might say that's fucking impossible. Well, can you give me an example or, of something that's impossible that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, in terms of Things they're talking about, I mean, the, um, I, I, you know, we haven't heard a lot of details. And the details we talked about, which is, like, how can you just casually go ahead and fly into the water? You know, that's pretty impossible. But I can tell it conceptually. Uh, I remember but uh, I remember a science fiction story in which somebody's explaining that he's acquired magical powers, and he's talking to somebody on something, which is actually a, a video connection. Mm -hmm. And first he sticks a knife through his hand. And he, his hand doesn't bleed. And our, he, our skeptical hero watching says, you know, that's nothing. Anybody could do that. The thing is, he wasn't totally wrong. There are people who, in certain mental states, can end up con, you know, constricting the arteries and they don't bleed much, you know, from a wound. Right. And he said, yeah, so the guy's crazy. But he's crazy in a way that's keeping him from bleeding. And the next thing the guy did is he's got this knife sitting on his hand and turns the hand upside down. He's not holding onto the knife, but it doesn't fall to the ground. Yeah. And and our 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 intelligence observer said, that's weird. But to know what's weird and what's not, you need to know some of the things that are possible for technology. You need to know some physics. Uh I mean I I'm I'm not being nearly as harsh on the members of Congress as I might be, but the number of them that could I mean, by the way, there's some things that are so obvious that yeah, everybody would know it's weird, okay? But uh there's a lot of points that would be less obvious, but you know, to somebody with certain kinds of technical information, <clears throat> knowing what's possible, knowing mm -hmm. what sort of things we're working on, um uh you know, to certain people you could uh, you know, a certain event on let's say a uh uh, from a better imagery might be very might tell you a lot might tell you that uh, yeah I kind of think I could see somebody doing that or it might say that's magic but yeah. it would, but you need to know a fair amount to interpret some of these things uh, I mean with you know the average uh, the average uh, person reading the paper there's a lot of things that you know they wouldn't um, uh, they wouldn't really be able to evaluate whether it was possible or impossible. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, let's talk about something again from the last year that was uh, uh, not anything that involved trying to bend the laws of physics or something. 
Uh, we saw I was, saw an article in the New York Times that they had this timeline for how long they thought it would take to develop a useful vaccine. Right. Which they probably put this out in March of last year, and they thought it would be 2032. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Now, uh, now, why did they do that? I said, well, this this takes this long, this step, and blah blah blah. Um, essentially, every single thing they said was wrong. Yeah. <coughs> now, why is that? I said, one. Uh, how much about this process of developing vaccine is known by the typical New York Times report? And the answer is probably nothing. Right. I mean, absolutely nothing. Uh, and in fact, there are a lot of uh, medical people who don't know anything about it. But there are also parts of it that are a little more subtle where, you know, how long did it take to make vaccine X? And the answer is, uh, oh, it took a long time. But there are a number of reasons for that that are not so much whether it's possible. It could be like... Uh, uh, we were looking for funding. We were waiting for somebody in bureaucracy to approve. We were, uh, we, uh, we had a new, I mean, somebody else became our CEO and he got less interested in it. And, and it sort of sat on the shelf for three years. And then we got interested again and then we turned it on again. And then, you know, <clears throat> a lot of these things don't involve how long does it actually, uh, oh, another example I have, uh, you know, there was a plan to take Imperial Boulevard in Los Angeles and, turned it into a freeway, which, mm. and it only took 25 years. <laughs> well, why did it take 25 years? Was it because it's really long? Or, you know, is there something special about making concrete in Southern California? I said it was bureaucratic indecision. You know, people, sometimes people were for it, sometimes people there weren't. You know, how long did, suppose you made up your mind to go and do it, how long does it actually take to build that stretch of highway, particularly if you're, you really want to? I said, I don't know, a few months. So, right, the point is it's there are things with drones that we really couldn't do, even if we, you know, the smartest people worked on it, tried, you know, we, there were no bureaucratic obstacles. They're, they're, we're seeing there things, are things happening. That would, that would at least involve, um, you know, some breakthrough in understanding that would seem very surprising. And there will be some people who could recognize whether it's doing something ridiculous. And I would guess that the average, uh, there were other things would be obvious to many people, but uh my guess is that most of the people uh, in the DOD who would be looking at this wouldn't be fully up to no. I mean, there'd be a large category where they're, you know, a sufficiently ready person could say, my, that's very exciting and interesting, and they might not get it. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I mean, partly because it involves two or three types of things. One is, you know, have, knowing what already exists. And, right. and, and, and some of that would involve, you know, what's our best information about what exists in other people's hands, which you know, a lot of that stuff's classified. You know, we might be better off for some problems if if more people understood these things, but our general policy is to sort of keep our knowledge close to the vest on certain kinds of things. But that means the number of people who could evaluate this is not incredibly large. And But they also says, what if they, I mean, like there is a category of people who are kind of like this, but we've kind of gotten out of the habit of using them. Uh, it used to be that they would uh, consult some very prominent scientists on defense issues. This group was called the Jasons, mm -hmm. and they almost closed them down a couple of years ago, and I'm not sure that the Pentagon wants to listen to them very much. I think they they did manage to find some funding. I mean, it's not it's more like, you know, are these guys on tap if we want to ask them? You know, they don't work for the government, but, you know, there are people who are Nobel Prize winners and things of people of that caliber, and the question is, uh, you know, they have certainly worked 
with the government at times of the past. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, they would actually be kind of a reasonable people to talk to uh, about some of these things. I don't get the impression that they have, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Do you think, is the evidence such that if you were to show it to physicists, say, prominent physics professors, they could say, yeah, this is, this is aliens, or this uh, is some way advanced technology? Um, I don't know. I, perhaps. But, you know, a lot of them would start out with very strong uh, priors that it can't, can't be true. Mm -hmm. By the way, I don't actually think there is an incredibly strong logical reason for believing that. But, you know, physicists are subject to, well, you know, that's what I learned when I, we all learned that this was nonsense. And the answer is, uh, but is it? I mean, look, there have certainly been very prominent physicists, you know, what, Fermi asked the big question. Right. Where is, where is everybody, right? Uh, and the point is, you know, the, you know, a bright boy back in the 40s could say, look, once you've harnessed atomic energy, uh, travel to another star, although very difficult, is no longer inconceivable. And, you know, time is long. You'd think somebody would eventually do it. And again, if you're thinking that uh, uh, there's some sort of spontaneous random process that de developed life followed by evolution that at least in some cases favored, at least in one case, favored the development of intelligence, mm -hmm. maybe it's happened other places. <clears throat> I mean, you know, certainly the, the sort of people that Fermi was talking about, they'd all say, yeah, I get you. But they, none of them had the answer to his question. Right. And, they, and we still don't. You've thought about this probably more than me. But uh, uh, I don't understand. You know, in other words, uh, like, here's another analogy. There was somebody back, oh, where's it, probably back in the 1700s who said, you know, if the universe is infinite and we have any finite density of stars, let's say like one star per cubic light year or something, mm -hmm. then that means with that every line you draw out into space should eventually intersect with a star. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that paradox. This is it's called Olber's paradox. Well, I believe there was an earlier guy who actually thought of it, not Olber's, but it's Olber's mm -hmm. paradox anyhow. Mm -hmm. And the point is, what that meant was the sky should not be dark. Yeah. It should also we should be cooked. Uh, you know, since there should be every direction, there should be a star. Now that turns out not to be true, but it was a very important question. Now we sort of have the answer, which is sort of the a the universe is not infinite, and also it's not all that old. Uh, you know, there's things far enough away their light doesn't even get here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the question got answered, but it was a reasonable question, uh, and I think that Fermi's question is a reasonable question, and Something explains it. I mean, the simplest explanation is probably that, uh, I don't know if it's true, but the explanation would be life, the origination of life is far more unlikely than than we thought. Yeah. Far more difficult. I mean, maybe we're a tremendous fluke. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I tend to believe that more than some idea that uh, uh, intelligent life is super unlikely to evolve. Uh, yeah. But... But, you know, that's that's going to, to the side. But the point is, you know, it is there. It would be good to have, you know, the people who who could look at this and see the real signs of something that is uh, a impossible by what we currently know. There are also categories of things which you could say, yeah, I mean, I could it's not against the laws of physics, but wow, that would be so, you know, such a huge well, accomplishment. 
you know, like that's the sort of thing that would happen 200 years from now. There are things in that category. But you'd need somebody mm. who knows quite a bit mm. to look at these things and then make such a judgment. Well, what if we look at this from the viewpoint of like ordinary magic, like stage magic? I mean, if we, <laughs> we saw, I imagine there are magicians that could do things that looked impossible to me, but I would just assume they're fooling me. Uh, Should we not maybe make the same assumption that this is someone doing something that's just, it looks crazy? Let's, let's put it this way. If, if one of the things they were seeing was a very pretty girl in a scanty outfit standing next to these things, uh, I would reconsider that as a possibility. Right. It also would cheer me up a lot because uh, I would, even if they were aliens, but you know they're interested yeah. in pretty girls, that means we can talk to them. Uh, we have something to offer them. <laughs> God, don't go uh, there. <laughs> uh, hey, you, you do what it takes. If, you know, yes. But... Uh, 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 I don't know. I, it doesn't strike me uh, as as I don't see a way. It, it couldn't be the Chinese or Russians are are messing with us. There's some drones combined with you know some kind of illusion and computer hacking. How, how do you make an illusion that works on your eyeballs and a Hasselblad camera? And a radar and an infrared. Okay, camera. I mean eyeballs are probably the easiest one, right? I mean that. It's hard to judge distance and speed. On the um, other hand, uh, yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, but but we have a bunch of stuff here. And not only that, see, they get to chase them. Uh, some cases, uh, apparently, they've been, like, you know, sort of pacing the airplane. They're close. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, you know some things, if it's, if it's able to do that. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's going on, except uh, I... I doubt if it's an elaborate ruse. I doubt if it's an elaborate joke. Uh, and I don't think it's, I mean, it's not like we're seeing some sort of odd flare inside a single optical system. Several of these things aren't optical at all. I mean, radar's not. So what, uh, could you say what radar is exactly for our listeners who aren't, who don't know? No, I mean, radar means you produce radiation uh, typically in the wavelength range of, Oh, let's call it centimeters. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you emit it. Uh, and there can be complications about how you do this, but the simplest way to do it is you send it out, and then you see how much bounces back, and you look at the time delay to see how far away it is, how far it takes to get there, bounce back. Uh, and also, you can also work out the direction, and you can look at is there a shift in the frequency of this stuff, which tells you that's the Doppler effect. You can tell something about its velocity. Uh, and there are more things you can do, but those are the standard simple now, things. Now, if it was a gaseous cloud, does the radar bounce off it and come back? Could we tell that? Generally not, no. Uh, uh, I mean, if it was an ionized cloud, I guess it's conceivable that you could reflect some radar. have to be very highly ionized, though. Uh, um, no, I mean, none of this sounds like that, but, you know, I don't know. I don't think so, though. Uh, the... Uh, 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 but yeah, uh, uh, gee, I would have thought everybody actually halfway knew how radar works, but of course that's not true. Yeah. Why would I think that for a minute? Yes. Uh, uh, now, the another possibility is you know things break. It's government equipment, and occasionally there's you know simultaneous mistakes and a bunch of different pieces of equipment. And these are generating the mistakes that most of the time the planes were not seeing anything weird. 
So when we they are were, seeing something... They had guys saying they were seeing it almost every day, particular guys. Evidently, their plane breaks all the time. And well, so that, there, there are mistakes. I mean, the, there well, are persistent this, errors in equipment. This, this reminds me of a Simpsons episode in which Mr. Burns has gone in for a physical. Mm-hmm. And they find out he has every disease that exists at once. Yes, I think I remember uh, that one. Yeah, and but it turns out the reason it isn't killing him uh, is as it's sort of like the the uh, uh, well yeah his first objection is uh, isn't it just possible he says to the doctor that you've just made thousands of mistakes <laughs> yeah uh, uh, the actual explanation uh, is that uh, uh, there's some principle so it's, it's like death is a door and there are too many diseases trying to get through it at once, and so they're getting in each other's way, and so he doesn't die. Uh, it's it's similar to what happened with the Three Stooges. Three of them would try to get through the door at once, and none of them would get through because they were all getting stuck in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so he immediately says, so, I'm invincible. And then the doctor says, no, actually, the slightest breeze. And mm-hmm. then Byrne says, invincible. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, uh, by the way, you know, there may be some other explanation than aliens or uh, or a mistake or uh, a joke or advanced you know, Chinese weaponry. There may be something that we don't even have a word for or something. I, I don't know how to say very much about that. but uh, Like a uh, natural phenomenon? Well, those we would at least be able to coin a word pretty well, and it would undoubtedly have a Greek root and, and with <laughs> – and with our with the degradation of classical education, would probably be a fusion of a Greek and Latin root, uh, maybe German as well. You know, like mm-hmm. something like eigenvalue or something. Uh, uh, you know, a horrible, horrible new word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, I think it's you know this is it's important for people to realize this is qualitatively different. The Feds never said, yeah, there's something there before. They didn't say it. And here they're saying, and it's they're saying it's there a lot. They're not. This is not. We saw this once one day, and we're still confused. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been things like that, and they generally turned out to be a mistake. Somebody once thought they had detected a magnetic monopole experiment back in the '80s, but you know, it was a mistake. When you see something only once in physics, it's usually just a mistake. But this right. isn't only once. When they talk about 140-something things since 2019, concentrating on Navy stories. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit. So it would have to be correlated errors somehow. There's persistent errors in the equipment or people have messed with the equipment. If this is... It's probably simpler to assume some sort of mass insanity. And I could actually get behind that because since I there are so many other kinds of mass insanity <laughs> going on right now, this would only be one more. Uh, okay. So, <sighs> you know... Oh, that, that's a reasonable that's a reasonable way of looking at it, uh, which is you know we have many social trends that involve people affirming things that are you know not actually possible <laughs> or true, and here would just be one more or so you know that's worth thinking about. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, when people have looked for that sort of trend, it has grown very rapidly, and there's an inflection point uh, in time where these things you see. You know, they were kind of creeping up, but then they start soaring. 2012, you know, when people do... Uh, Actually, uh, what about, I mean, drug? Maybe um, drugs are being slipped into the food supply of Navy pilots, or maybe they're taking drugs that we don't know about, or Chinese are doing that. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, uh, but you know, a lot mass insanity. I don't think it requires everybody being drugged. I mean, yes, I don't. I mean, when you had the Children's Crusade, I don't think that they were drugged. Although, you know, I don't know that much about it. Uh, when uh, when the when the uh, the Zosa tribe, uh, when they listened to a prophetess who said that they could get rid of all the annoying British and Boers and Zulu, all they had to do was kill all their cattle and burn all their crops. Mm-hmm. Well, they did it. Uh, it didn't seem to have the effects. The main effect it had is the majority of that tribe starved to death. Okay, so but the general point is large groups of people can yeah. develop beliefs that are crazy, and perhaps the military is this is happening with the military. And this, of course, is a reason why they'd want to hide this. If this is, if it, hey, it's aliens, or we've gone crazy, and we think. But they're not hiding it very much. I mean, by the way, some crazy people flaunt it. Uh, they're not hiding it very much. I mean, this is more public exposure than has ever happened before for this kind of thing. But you know, the idea of mass insanity infecting the military, yeah, I could. Uh, I think that's certainly more plausible than a lot of explanations I've heard. Uh, and since we have mass insanity on, as I said, so many other topics, uh, uh, so sure, you know, that, that probably deserves more thought, uh, more consideration, uh, that there's just, uh, um, although I, it can't be called encouraging. I would agree, yeah. I mean, if we did have, uh, although, I mean, at least I can tell you that to my knowledge, or like my suspicions are, the average carrier group, at least in normal periods, aren't actually carrying nuclear weapons. So that's good. If, if Although other Navy ships are, of course, you know, like mm-hmm. nuclear some, some nuclear submarines. But uh, at least if these people are about, you know, are, are, are completely losing their minds, uh, it will be hard for them to wipe whole cities off the map. Now, I mean, of course... They could damage themselves. I mean, this possibility of mass insanity is another reason to take this very, very seriously. I mean, we're, we're kind of joking, but if there's really mass insanity causing naval aviators and people and carriers to see things that aren't there, often and that's a Pentagon. mass. Yeah, that's a uh, huge problem for America, for the world, actually. Uh, but uh, I will say that uh, if you have something really extraordinary happening and it doesn't fit with what you learned when you grew up, a lot of people are very resistant to it even if it is true. Now, mind you, a fair amount of resistance is fine, but there were people, uh, when pe- various things were discovered in terms of radioactivity and quantum mechanics, mm-hmm. there were some people who never absorbed it. And they were saying, you know, this is all an elaborate hoax. Um, I mean, not, you know, most people managed, but a lot of people had a lot of difficulty with it. It seemed very different from classical mechanics, and it was in some ways. Now, uh, Max Planck said, you know, the way that science advances in a situation like that is by funerals, because the people who refuse, eventually the people who refuse to learn the new things die. I've also heard some uh, sociologists claim, oh, that's not really true, that's not what happened. But I'm, I ask myself, who would I want to listen to? A sociologist or Max Planck, who was a great man? I'd go with Planck. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, mass insanity is something that should be considered because it's happening on plenty of other things. Yeah. Uh, although it may be that, you know, it's uh, one thing that, uh, you know, the, this is something you want to look at history. What is the pattern of such things in the past? Uh, and there are, you know, there are books where people enjoy talking about this. The famous book was called, uh, what was it? Uh, um, 
popular delusions and yeah. the madness of crowds. Yeah, I've read that one. Uh, so, you know, people have done some pretty screwy things before, like the tulip mania, mm -hmm. uh, like the South Sea bubble. Um, you know, I think even Isaac Newton lost money in the South Sea bubble. So apparently, you know, it was pretty easy to get conned. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, but I guess one question is how many different, you know, is there some kind of saturation where you're really crazy on three things? Is is there enough spare energy to be crazy on a fourth? <laughs> I mean, because right now I would say we're, you know, we're pretty deep and crazy uh, on a number of things. And it might be that, you know, people, only, there are only so many hours in the day. Uh, this, Although this could also explain why maybe there's that, you were saying that a lot of people are acting like they're just not that interested. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, let's suppose that there was either aliens or something stranger than aliens as, as the explanation. I would say they should be interested. But... I mean, almost all the explanations are some, even if it's Chinese spoofing or sensor glitches, that we really should think, work those out before we have to fight for Taiwan. Um, that would be something of concern. Uh, the, uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't understand a lot. I mean, I've heard people repeat old arguments that clearly don't work when you have four different kinds of measurements, but they just say the same once. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, um, you know, the number of people who are willing to seriously think about any new things. Well, like how many people did we run into in the early days of the coronavirus who thought about it, had their minds pretty straight, uh, came up with something that was, you know, let's say, you know, made reasonable progress in trying to understand and predict what would happen as opposed to saying something that would make them or, or one of their big contributors happy. I got the impression the number of people we're talking about was pretty limited. Yeah. Although like, you think the popularity of science fiction is enough that you, you have to imagine most science fiction fans, like the two of us, really find this interesting and, are, you know, find the world a lot more interesting if it were aliens. Yeah. But, so, but, 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 but one of the other factors is, remember, for a long time, people said anybody who talks about this is nuts. And by the way, some of them were. Probably most, I mean, most people who talk about UFOs weren't talking about it in a scientifically rigorous way. Uh, probably not. Uh, but I think the point is, although this, this attitude that you can't talk about it because that will put you in the booby hatch, uh, that has receded in some areas of the Defense Department. There's still a lot of people who think that way generally. There's certainly, I've seen people talk that way. And yeah. that, and, you know, and, and so they have, all they have to do is not change and then they can just reject it for the same reason they always. You know, they said, because uh, I have been taught that this is silly, right. so I don't have to pay, I don't really have to pay any detailed attention to it. Uh, and, you know, well, maybe there's, they're right, but there's some, maybe they're right, but if there is, it's, there's something going on that's new and I don't understand. Again, uh, I like mass insanity. I, I don't think I've been considering that enough. Uh, uh, now, by the way, if there was some sort of, as I said, some emotional or political angle to it, that could also be a reason, but but I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, like once upon a time, uh, you know, you know, if uh, if Marxism were, you know, more in real power somewhere, they would explain. Well, there could be aliens, but of course they would be they would right. be peaceful, good commies, you know, like Stalin. Right. Uh, 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 but uh, I mean, they, they would say things like that. It's bound to be okay. But. Uh, uh, 
Oh, by the way, if they were also Russians, they at the same time they would be getting all their missiles ready to fire just in case, uh, because uh, they are not without reason a little paranoid about things happening to them from the outside world. Uh, okay. But uh, uh, who would be who would feel that their particular political? I mean, I could think of people that like. You know, let's suppose we ran into intelligent aliens who weren't so hostile they're going to immediately kill us because, you know, that's a boring story. But who would th whose worldviews would be threatened by this? Uh, I suspect in a lot of ways everybody's. Right. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people are. I don't get the impression that's what's shaping. I mean, I, some people are saying things like, well, it's just this is all a plot by the powers that be to distract us from something that I feel is much more important such as, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, subs to subsidies to corn sugar <laughs> uh, or, or uh, you know, uh, the f you know, some, you know, whatever is the thing they care about. Uh, uh, there's a sense in which if there really was something like this going on, there's a lot of things that people argue about that might seem small. And, that, and they that would be, too. They would be, yeah. Uh, so, but... I I don't actually think that I don't have any. Well, that I mean, the big one is you could imagine the Navy doesn't want to come across as incompetent. And they're like, look, we can't protect the airspace around our aircraft carriers. We don't quite know why that doesn't make them look good. Well, I've heard people suggesting this is all a ploy to get more money. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there, there are other things they could do that would actually be literally true and checkable that would probably be more effective, which if you said, hey, the Chinese uh, have, you know, have our bigger industrial power than we are at this point and grow, growing faster and have four times as many people and produce, what, five times as much steel um, mm -hmm. and are not incredibly far behind in a lot of high tech things. And, you know, maybe we need to do more in area X, Y and Z. But. Uh, but there, I mean, there seems a lot of reluctance to think of China as potentially hostile because there's so much trade that they can say, well, if you say anything like that, we will hurt your company. Yeah. Well, let me, do you think we're going to get much better evidence in the near future? I don't know, but they're trying to more systematically collect it, which certainly gives a, a hint. Oh, I, I would um, I would say one thing that uh, maybe this goes in uh, the second uh, talk, but, uh, you know, Using kind of technology we could understand, Earth is becoming, over time, has gotten more detectable. Right. I mean, that means things like uh, basically radio waves that uh, go through the ionosphere uh, and go out into space. Uh, a strong source of that sort of thing are TV stations. Uh, although it probably has decreased, but we're still doing it, even though... You know, more people are watching cable at this point. But that really started in the 50s or late 40s. Yeah. Uh, and radio stations might count, but TV uh, has a shorter wavelength that goes straight through. And so, you you know, we could imagine building with technology we understand something that could detect Earth's, uh, some of Earth's radio flux out a few tens of light years, at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, it means building really big telescopes. But the point is, if we can see how to do it, Maybe some hypothetical aliens could. And my point is, this has been expanding at the speed of light. So the volume where some sort of detector of this simple kind, I mean, simple involves, it's insane, it involves nothing 
magical, nothing, no technology we don't understand, has been growing um, steadily. Uh, uh, you know, and today, like we're in a sphere of maybe um, 70 light years across, or excuse me, 70 light years radius, that uh, where somebody might be able to, with some sort of detector, might say, hey, we're picking up, we're, we're watching, uh, uh, we're watching Uncle Milty. Yeah. We're, uh, uh, we're, we're trying to see, you know, what happens in The Millionaire. Uh, and by now, some of them may even be watching Star Trek. Uh, but uh, anyhow, the point is there are certain kinds of detection that might exist that don't involve any physics we don't know that the, that the Earth has been getting more visible in over time. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense in which it makes more sense to have something interesting happen now than in, say, 1800. Because we are, I mean, no, if they know everything and can see everything, this argument doesn't apply. But if they were able you know, to look for things like, you know, the sort of radio wave uh, emanations that might come from a moderately sophisticated civilization, then, uh, you know, the, we're getting more and more detectable with time as, as it, you know, takes time to, to, to cover a larger area, a larger volume. Uh, from, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, if you had a detector, uh, it would be more likely to pick up something given, given more time. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, is this at all realistic? I haven't the faintest idea. But the point is it's at least doable. Uh, it involves technology we could we can understand, uh, and that says we're getting more detectable. Uh, I mean, unless they bother to come close, uh, I'm not sure they could have detected humans much before agriculture. You know, with agriculture, you might be able to see something changing. You know, mm-hmm. some forests are being cut down or something. So let's say the last 10,000 years, but you know, humans didn't have that much influence on what on the world around them 100,000 years ago. They were here, but, you know, unless you can detect, you know, little flint arrowheads or spearheads from light years away, that's kind of all we did. Uh, I mean, if you go 100,000 years, we were at that point not, for some reason or other, we weren't, as far as we know, driving things extinct. Perhaps we weren't as good hunters as we became later. Uh, Or or I I won't say not at all, but not much. I maybe know one or two things that there's a fair chance we drove extinct that long ago, but not many. Uh, so, uh, you know, humans were kind of uh, stealthy uh, when they were still, uh, uh, you know, you know, the old Stone Age. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, to, you know, and you get a lot less stealthy when you start broadcasting radio waves. Uh, that is assuming they would be ever interested in detecting such an old-fashioned thing as re- again, you know, this is all speculation, uh, but uh, but there are certainly scenarios in which the Earth has been getting steadily more detectable, depending on what you know some hypothetical other guys are looking for. Yeah, that makes sense. Although technically we, we were expanding at like you should look at like half the speed of light because they have to get back to Earth. So well, you don't know how what they can do. They may they may just press a button and show up here. Well, then they can travel back in time, right? So that changes everything. Maybe, but not necessarily. Uh, uh, you know, there may be ways to define some sort of time that uh, that doesn't care about relativity. Mind you, I don't think I could do it off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, time travel, you know, that's one of the things you really need to worry about. Most of the time, at least you can be fairly confident that you were actually born. 
and the idea this could suddenly become retroactively untrue, yeah, that would be that would be genuinely disturbing. Uh, I'm against it, uh, but uh, uh, but at any rate, we I, I if uh, like one of the other things about this is can there are other conceivable kinds of of indisputable evidence, like if we found an artifact or a piece of something. Right. I am not confident we have found anything like that. I mean, you can find people claiming we have. I don't know. But that could be very important. Um, yeah, and there's certainly stories of that, that, you know, but, uh, technology is based you know, on. Now and then people but... say, oh, yeah, it's really due to Alien X stuff. That That's why that's why there was only 640K of RAM in, in DOS. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to believe. I mean, certainly we want to find somebody to blame for that, right? Uh, uh, or, uh, you know, maybe the aliens are responsible for the QWERTY typewriter. Uh-huh. Uh, I know of no piece of technology that I know anything about that doesn't have a pretty explainable uh, path of invention <clears throat> that I know anything about, that I've ever heard of. As far as I know, there is there are no such things. But if we found something from people who are intelligent beings who've done something who were more advanced than us. Uh, yeah, it, it raises a lot of interesting questions, although I think those are probably, you know, for the second uh, podcast. Uh, but it would also be hard to argue away. If you, right. Again, if you found something where you could find measurable things about it that seemed like we could not do this of some kind. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, if they're too advanced, we don't even know what it is that it's – you know, we don't understand the strangeness, perhaps. Uh, you know, better science fiction writers have learned when you start talking magical technology, you just allude to things. You don't go into detailed descriptions because it's all you're making it up. It's all bullshit and it doesn't sound very good. But there were people who figured out how to talk about things without, you know, the way that H.G. Wells described the time machine. He talks about the twisted crystal bars, but he doesn't actually ever show you an engineering diagram. Mm-hmm. And that's from a storytelling point of view, that's the right thing to do. Right. Are there math or science theories that just seem beyond that it was developed and people looking at it are like, how did anyone ever come up with this? If we can show it's right, but it doesn't make sense that this would have ever been developed by a human. Well, if they're that hard, I probably don't understand them. Uh, but, uh, uh I don't really think so. There seem to be other. Well, there was this Japanese guy who came, who, who offered what he said was a proof of uh, something in number theory called the ABC conjecture, mm-hmm. uh, and that he apparently had developed completely new methods. And although he had was a well thought of mathematician and had done comprehensible and correct things in the past, people were not sure whether they couldn't even tell whether it was right or wrong. The last I heard, there were people having seminars trying to see if they could learn. What in the hell he was doing? I mean, they thought it was prop. There was worth a shot because he, unless he's recently gone crazy, he used you know there were he, stuff in the past could be understood, but yeah. it's like he developed something very off track, something very different and new. Uh, so people are not sure. But again, maybe they are sure by now. I probably only last looked at this a couple of you know only a tiny bit a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there is something like that. I don't know. I, I can't think of anything that really impresses me that way. Uh, but uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. But uh, I I think if we uh, 
you know, again, something to discuss later is if we did find anything, what are the sorts of things we might be able, what, you know, what are the possible things that would happen? But it's certainly, if you found something that, you know, could do things we don't understand and you could hold it in your hand or put it on a table and have it do it again, I would hope that would convince many people. I mean, it would convince me, uh, uh, assuming that uh, I got to touch it and everything. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, I can also think of people that would not convince because, as I said, there were some people that, uh, you know, if things are due in a sufficiently fundamental way, they're not going to buy it, period. Yeah. Even if it's true. Uh, uh, That's, but, yeah, I, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think we've actually developed one angle, which I think is worth considering. I have not considered much, and I haven't heard too many people talking about, which is mass insanity. Uh, uh, I think that's worth considering. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, what they're saying is no crazier than X that I'm not allowed to point out is insane. Yes, and I'm sure many listeners can guess. That. Yes, I but... Well, technically, you couldn't, since of editing the podcast, you wouldn't succeed in getting that to the podcast well, I, listeners. I but putting hidden codes into this and oh, and that's on, true. You'd never know. Uh, one of the things. What was the other thing I was thinking about this? Uh, uh, oh, well, one of the interesting things we now know is uh, again, coronavirus is something we can learn from. Is you can have fairly widely shared nonsense, and it can. For reasons that aren't absolutely clear, everybody suddenly says, yeah, we're tired of that. So, you know, for a long time, the press was saying very strongly, there's no way this could be something accidentally released from a lab. Right. Now, I never thought that was impossible, but I didn't know any way to prove it for sure one way or the other. I didn't really have a strong feeling. My feelings are probably kind of stronger now that I know a little more about the things done in that nearby lab. And also, I've learned more history about accidental releases of other things. Yeah. Uh, some of which I had not known before. I mean, there was a worldwide flu epidemic that was due to a lab leak in the late 70s. Not the most intense flu, but the way people could tell was the sequence of it was exactly the same as one from the 50s. Oh. The point is, similar is possible. Exactly the same is only possible if somebody's kept it in a freezer and then accidentally released it again. But that still didn't tell you who did it, but it did tell you it had happened. So, but but anyhow, the press was very strongly saying things like that. And then they all said, oh, by the way, that was just nonsense, and, and now we can talk about it. Now, I can actually offer some suggestions as to why they took that, but it's interesting that you had this fairly sudden and nearly complete reversal. So that could happen with, with aliens. It could come to the point where people, most people think, yeah, we're probably being visited by aliens all the time. In fact, they could, for all I know, they would all believe that when it wasn't true. Uh, we can show that elite opinion can completely reverse on something in a short time and not based on a really, like I could tell you times which opinion reversed and they were right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, the reason the Russians changed their mind about, for sure, about the Germans invading is because they did invade. Or here, here's a, a little more subtle example. Uh, we had, you know, people were wondering at some point, you know, after the United States had developed atomic weapons, they said, you know, Russia's bound to do it at some point. Mm. People argue about how long it would take. Uh, it took less time than they thought, some of it for reasons that were kind of embarrassing uh, on our part. 
But we developed a program to try to detect it. What we did was we would have fl- airplanes fly with, with basically filters that could trap atmospheric dust. And if you found certain kinds of radioactive uh, isotopes, which would be the products of a test, above ground test, we would they were they could easily be detected in you know, there'll be enough of them that you'd know for sure. You'd even know a little bit about details of the bomb. You could probably tell a plutonium bomb from a uranium bomb, things mm-hmm. like that. So in nineteen forty nine we were flying a plane, uh, and we said, There it is. So the Russians had done a test, they had a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and there, you know, everybody changed their mind and they were right to do so. Okay, now has something like that happened uh, with the uh, lab leak hypothesis? I don't really think so. Uh, I mean, uh, in fact, I think I know the reason why it was almost impossible for virologists to say that, even though many of them were privately saying they thought there was a fair chance it happened. Yeah, they knew how to help Trump. Um, yeah, we should probably uh, wrap this up. So I, I do hope the the Navy, I mean, they, they come up with a better recording system. and No, they... I think the question of, I think they have better recording systems. The question is what they feel like releasing. And that, uh, as I said, I think it's, the, the typical problem, as I understand it, is they don't always want to release, when they release this, they also tell you the full something close to the full capabilities of these systems, and they may not want to do that. Now, there is another possibility that if we had, you know, more higher-quality imagery, we'd all run screaming. Maybe there's something that man was not meant to see. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I would bet on the first one, which is by reflex, people say, like, for example, I believe there was a, a recon satellite image released, what, a couple of years ago? And I heard people criticizing Trump because he, like said, released this. It was something in Syria. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That was actually used full resolution. So yeah. now everybody knows what we can see. I said, everybody else knew anyhow. Uh, I knew. Everybody knows. I mean, every country that is, mm-hmm. you know, England, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Japan, Korea, and, you know, North Korea, China, uh, India, you know, probably Brazil, I mean, hell, Bolivia, for all I know. Anyhow, there are secrets, of, there are different kinds of secrets. There are secrets that uh, are not really secret. Everybody knows them. There are a few real secrets, uh, not too many, probably. Uh, all right. Technical secrets. There's also, you know, I think some things are kept secret because they came out, they just look bad. Mm. Mind you, I don't know what those are, though I have a couple of guesses, uh, but... Uh, uh, and they would look bad, trust me. Uh, the, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the fundamental thing here is we have the Fed saying they're seeing something, and they're seeing quite a bit of it, uh, and to the point where pilots are talking about seeing it virtually every day, and it would be good to understand it, and it might be real important. I mean, it seems likely. I mean, even... The mundane explanations are it's, it's important to know what the mistakes are in our sensor oh, systems. Oh, by the way, we have left – well, that's only medium important. I don't, I don't believe in matching mistakes in multiple different systems all at the same time. makes no sense. <clears throat> but nothing makes as sense. You, as you said, I believe, on Twitter. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, I did say that. Yeah, the probabilities, the, they're independent right. errors. 
It's unlikely. But of course, everything. I mean, mass insanity is unlikely. Aliens are unlikely. Oh, there, there is one other uh, thing we should throw in, which I haven't mentioned. Although, you got to admit, mass insanity, at least it happens. No, this yeah. one is... Now, this is another one, and it's not as threatening, although it's dangerous. This mm-hmm. is a supervillain. Okay. Yeah, that... Or maybe just a superhero. You know, this Iron Man could easily do something like yeah, this. Yeah, it's Elon Musk doing something. He doesn't want to reveal it yet. Uh, you know, I my faith in Elon Musk's magical powers is just not what it should be. But, you know... Uh, uh, if you know if he if he's pulled this off, I would shake his hat. Uh, I have not seen him do anything I considered magical. I mean, I understood how they all worked, and I also understood why they were you know in, like most of them were never going to make any money and were crazy. But still, uh, and they haven't either. Uh, but uh, but at this one, I would be impressed by. It. All right. Well, um, thank you uh, for uh, talking with me tonight, Greg, and uh, we'll probably do another podcast on the implications of what happens if UFOs are aliens. Which might take days, considering there's so many different ways it could go. Yes, so many relevant science fiction stories. Well, the thing that I think would be, again, something useful is thinking about history and thinking about how, how people's reacted when they ran into other people with considerably higher technologies and what effect it had on them in the past. Yes. I mean, it's an analogy. It may not work, but it's kind of all we've got. And it, of course, was normally went very badly for the people. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I, it wasn't always that bad. Uh, anyhow, I'm, it, it's, right. it, 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 ha, it has, uh, it has ups and downs. It, it could go either way. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, th- yeah. Thanks, Greg. I'll, 